Hello and welcome to our latest episode of the Your Plate podcast. I am Maya, one of your hosts. I'm Arthi. And so today we are going to be talking about meditation and this is a huge topic. So we're going to segment it and focus on things that we think are going to add value to this conversation, uh, things that come up with our clients, questions that they have, as well as bringing some of our personal experience of how it's helped us with personal trauma over the years. Uh, before we do that, some personal updates. How are you doing, Arti? Yeah, life is okay. Quite busy. My um, five-year-old has started school, so it's been almost um, half a term. How is she doing? She seems She's happy. A- it's taken a while. It's a it's a it's a really it's a big transition from nursery to school, but so far so good. So mm-hmm. um, long may that continue. And how are things going with you, Maya? Yes. So I had my laser eye surgery a couple of weeks ago. So I have been sort of recovering from that. Um, they are they're okay. The eyes they're really dry. So. I have to put in a lot of eye drops and actually last week I had to be in a meeting with six people and I thought I was sort of preempting the dryness by putting in some drops uh, before before the meeting began. What I didn't realise is that although they look completely clear, they basically leave a residue. So after the meeting, I went to the toilet and I realised that I had white streaks all over my face uh, because they had obviously <laughs> had nobody had nobody in the meeting. No, did nobody wanted to tell you that you had white streaks all down your face? No, clearly not. So it's just so embarrassing. And then they sort of like they they kind of clump up. So then they look like like dry flakes on your face. <laughs> so basically, I I don't know what they thought I was doing. They were either very very polite or hopefully some of them were like a little bit further away. Anyway, the whole thing was rather embarrassing. Um, okay, so that so is funny. one of the <laughs> one of the less positive uh, side effects. On the plus side, I've had to be a little bit um, intentional with my time. I've been restricted in what I can do. Um, um, I can't use the screens as much. I've had to be more sort of home-based with the work. Uh, but I've also had time as a result to uh, access a bit of the meditation stuff that I'm really interested in. So I've been listening to an awesome audiobook called Being Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenser. My cousin recommended it to me. She uh, does a lot of this meditation and I was sort of not getting around to doing it. And I think sometimes when you've got like an enforced like recovery phase, it's actually really nice that you can do some of this stuff. Uh, so we are going to be talking more about meditation anyway. So I will, you know, talk about more of that book later on. Uh, but so coming on to our main segment for this uh, podcast, we, we thought it would be really interesting to just start with some of the high level uh, evidence around meditation. The the research in both mindfulness and meditation has exploded in recent years and to the extent that it's now very much adopted by the NHS. There are such a wide range of studies showing the efficacy of mindfulness and meditation. Uh, and as an aside, those two terms actually have their own definitions, but we're not going to get too much into that today. If you're interested and you want to know more, just drop me a line uh, because there are differences between what mindfulness constitutes and what meditation constitutes. We're going to focus more on the practice of meditation over these podcasts. But myself and Arati both uh, did meditation quite relatively early on in our lives. I was definitely drawn to it quite intuitively in my teens. But I thought for those of you who perhaps haven't dipped your toe in yet, it would be nice just to outline some of the, you know, gold standard research out there and what it's highlighting, because 
there is such a range of outcomes now that meditation is supporting. So, for example, in one gold standard research study, uh, and by that I mean it's possibly using a meta-analysis, so it was using lots of different um, studies, uh, or the sample size was specifically really large, and they were using really good controls. Um, the meditation was shown to be just as effective in treating depression and anxiety as drugs, particularly in the long-term management of these conditions. So that's a, you know, possibly um, a fairly direct connection there between meditation and health and mental health. Uh, but then more of the physical changes are, are really interesting. So neuroimaging has shown that it literally rewires your brain. Um, and it grows areas relating to memory and learning, uh, and also that it re reduces grey matter, so it, re it reduces some of the ageing effects on the brain. Uh, and then on a genetic level, um, this this gets, I think, really interesting, sort of how, how what a pervasive effect it can have on our, on our bodies, but it can actually turn off some of the gene expression for particular diseases and turn on uh, the, the elements that fight disease. And then on a more sort of interpersonal level, it also affects how we relate to others, how we perceive and judge others. Yeah, no, I think, um, so I was actually nodding along to all of that. Yeah. I, those studies are really um, interesting. Obviously, I think you've looked at some of the gold standard research. Yeah. And also there's a lot of research around the Buddhist monks because yeah. the scientists use them, don't they? Because obviously Buddhist monks are meditating for eight, ten hours a day, if not longer. And what they found is, and you would talk about the actual physical changes in, in the brain. And what they found is that the gamma brain waves and the gamma brain waves are the ones that are relating to intelligence, compassion, um, feelings of happiness and improved memory function they actually um, increase through when you're meditating. And because our brain, you know, you talked about neurosurgeons, so our brains are, um, there's that concept of neuroplasticity, so yeah. how it can change. And meditation's actually been shown to physically change the structure of, you know, that wiring, yeah. the gamma brainwave activity. Um, so, it, yeah, as you said, it's a, it's just got such powerful um effects on on that on that basis yeah and you know your plate podcast we generally try and bring together things in the positive psychology arena as well as in the nutrition arena and then make them practical and so we will come on in future episodes uh, to elements around mindful eating and even just on a daily basis you know some of the cues that can encourage you know, mindful and meditative practices and definitely food and the meal times can be one cue for this and Arati will also talk through some of the physiological benefits around that mindful eating and how that affects our system so we'll definitely come on to some of that what we also wanted to talk about is our own personal experience of meditation and we both experienced meditation when we were quite young Arati, you've also mentioned some things around, you know, craving control and things like that. So often I find in clinics, my clients are talking about when they're stressed and anxious, they're reaching for, you know, the high sugar, the high fat junk foods, because that sort of, that, that makes them feel better. So mm. actually sometimes, you know, it's, it's linked around mindful eating and we're going to talk about that a bit later, but taking a moment just to maybe take some deep breaths or take away take yourself out of that stressful situation for a few minutes and using some of those skills from drawing on some of the meditation that you might be doing in whatever capacity that is 
can help you then to potentially regulate those feelings of cravings and wanting to, you know, go for those high sugar, high fat, fat snacks. So I think there's a really nice link. And I often, you know, and a lot of clients that do come into my clinics are often stressed and have a lot on their plate. And so, it, you know, that's when I sort of start to encourage people to, you know, do one or two minutes of deep breathing, mindfulness, whatever, you know, whatever they feel at their will level. Help them. Yeah. yeah. That is fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that because that links directly into what we wanted to round off with around self-regulation. So self-regulation is one of my areas of research. And exactly as Arathi mentioned, what you get from meditating is that ability to start to manage your emotions. The reason we wanted to set out a lot of this, the research and a lot of the benefits of meditation in this episode is because it actually requires a lot of work, you know, to have a committed uh, practice of mindfulness and meditation. It's a bit like exercise, you know, you need to be regular about it, you need to find the time in your day, you need to find the motivation to do it with the various other temptations and distractions. So it actually requires a lot of, you know, personal self-regulation to even just have that practice. The, The annoying part of this is that meditation and self-regulation actually build your muscle of self-regulation they help you to start so although you're only doing it in that you know prescribed setting when you're doing the meditation it actually starts to have and there's research to show that it starts to impact your ability to regulate during the day there is plenty of research to show this the problem is when you're starting out that muscle isn't that strong so actually those early days of meditation can be really frustrating and in fact, they demand a lot of you in terms of your self-regulatory muscle. So they can be feel quite draining or you can just kind of want to give up or you can think this is not for me. Uh, and the reason why I wanted to set out some of the research was to just kind of give one additional motivating factor as to why you might persist with the practice, as well as just, you know, highlighting that, yeah, it is more difficult in the early days. And in fact, what we're going to talk about in our next episode is a very intense meditation experience that Arathi and I had and for me personally in my teens I was always very drawn to meditation but I didn't actually have much success with it because I did find it a very very difficult practice and it was only once I did the more intense experience which was called Vipassana that I managed to kind of get to a baseline level that I could really, really work with. So we're going to talk about that, especially in relation to some how it helped us with various events in our lives and some of the more traumatic events uh, in our next episode. Uh, Arthi, was there anything else that you wanted to add? Yeah, I, I thought it was, I think um, drawing the parallels between um, exercise and yeah. meditation is a really good one. Yeah. And particularly, I think, we're, like with anything that's seem to be a bit harder or challenging is the enjoyment factor as well yeah so you know like with anything that's new with it exercise you know if you're doing a new exercise or something that's a bit more challenging it's once you then start to see the physical benefits probably the emotional benefits you then start to associate it with something that's fun and enjoyable you then start to build that momentum so again I think you know the type of meditation individuals do is very personal to them when how long what type um, so I, I think there are, you know, and I notice in clinic when I'm speaking to my clients, I'm very mindful of what, you know, if we talk, we start talking about mindfulness or meditation, do they just give me a blank stare? And like you said, oh, no, I've tried that. I just couldn't get into it. And it's just trying to figure out the best way to integrate it into their lives. So I do think 
the enjoyment factor needs to to be there as well. Maybe not right at the start. Yeah. But that's, it's a really personal journey as it is with a lot of things on the health and wellness path. That is such a great point. And we are, again, we're also going to talk about readiness to meditate, aren't we? And what's right for us in future episodes. So thank you so much. Um, That's all for us this week. It was fairly heavy going episode, sharing a lot of research. Uh, Well done for making it to the end of the episode. And Next time, we're going to be talking much more from a personal perspective of how it's impacted us over the years. So thanks for listening, and we will join you next time. 